I'm Matt. And I'm Jenna. We are Mana. And this is Food for Thought. A podcast dedicated to encourage and inspire you as you seek to grow your relationship with Christ and live out your Catholic faith. In today's episode, we talk about how to avoid summer vices. chicken and an egg from Amazon. I'll let you know. <laughs> Please do. I've always wondered. Dumb one. I like it though. It's nice. Hi everyone. Welcome to episode 47. Cuarenta y siete. Good Spanish. I think that's how you say 47. Or I just insulted someone. No, I think you're good. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> I think you're good. <laughs> Uh, good to be back with you all. Um, if you don't already, please follow us on social media at Man of Food for Thought, or you can visit our website, manofoodforthought.com, and you can support this podcast for as little as a dollar a month on Patreon, and you can go to our website for all that information. And also, if you haven't yet, please share this with somebody that you know, or rate and review this podcast, uh, especially this episode, after you listen to it, if you like it. So, yeah, without further ado, why don't we get into our peak pit great. Uh, okay. Ready? My yeah. peak, which I don't think I've shared on the podcast, is that I'm 22 weeks pregnant. I don't think we've talked about that. I have. Okay, good. I told everyone okay, after you good. announced it. But it's good. nice coming from you. It's officially from, from me. From the mama's mouth. And it's a boy, and so we're really excited. Uh, my pit is that because I'm pregnant, I'm going to have two kids under two. I'm not going to be at my parish anymore as the youth minister, and so that's been really hard, um, just trusting the Lord will take over that part, and it'll be good. Um, and then my plug is Father Dave Pivanka, mm-hmm. um, who's going to be the new president, right? President of Steubenville. Um, wrote a book called Breath of God, and I'm currently mm. reading it, and it's really good. It's on the Holy Spirit, um, just living a life in the Holy Spirit. So that's my stuff. Nice. What's your stuff? I just imagined someone from your parish, like, who didn't know what was going on, listening oh, to you, going thing. like, I'm sorry. Oh, she's pregnant? Oh, she's leaving? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we haven't really been very good about telling people, so. So if you, that's news to you, we still love you. Lo siento, I love you. Come talk to me and we can talk about it. Yeah. Uh, my peak is, um... June was very busy with, like, stuff that I had to go to and interviews and things like that that we're doing for leaders at our parish. And so July has been, like, beginning of July has been, like, a lot of meetings that, like, got postponed because of all that stuff. But I, it's a peak because I've been have been able to just sit and have, like, really great conversations with people. Um, and one was with, shout out to Flo, Florencia, who worked with Jenna. Um, we met with her yesterday to talk about her... Um, soon-to-be uh, journey as a focused missionary. So if you don't know what that is, you should go look it up. Um, and Flo's awesome. You're or awesome. Or Flo will just talk to you. Uh, or Flo will talk to you if you know Flo. But if you don't know Flo and you're no, in like... No, she'll just find you. Yes. Okay. So if she you're in Denmark you. or something, just put up the Flo signal and, and she'll, she'll be there. get you. Like the progressive lady, but better. <laughs> Plus Jesus. And much taller. Wow. Um, <laughs> That's actually very accurate. Yeah, we should make a video of Flo doing the progressive thing. But it's like... Flow style. Focus aggressive. 
That mm. took a lot of energy for me to think of something think not so. that great. I don't think Anyways, so. Anyways, that's my peak. My pit is my car has been brought into the dealership for service four times in the past month. I think there's a disease month. going around for cars because mine was the same. Yeah. And I don't know. There's like a, a badger stuck in there or something's going on <laughs> that they can't figure out because they do it for a living and they're like, we don't know what's happening. I'm like, well. Why do they sound like that? I don't know because they, <laughs> they do. Um. Yeah, I brought my car to um, the outskirts of Great Britain. So. Oh, that makes sense. We've never worked on a car without a horse before. Sorry if you're listening and you're from that area. That's not how I actually imagine you. I think we have listeners from there, Matt. Yeah. You just offended them greatly. No, they're all from other you places in the UK. You are beautiful. Um, and then my plug, because we've been having earthquakes <gasps> yeah. in Southern California, because the Lord has shaken things up. Um, That's what it is. I downloaded an app called Shake Alert LA, which you can program to tell you when there's going to be an earthquake, and they have sensors and all these things that will actually notify you as one is coming, like up to I think like 30 seconds before, and it'll be like, "There's about to be an earthquake," if you, and it'll tell you the magnitude and it'll count down, so you have like a chance to like. I feel like that's even more terrifying. Prepare, you know. So. Anyways, because when the last earthquake happened, it was pretty big. It was a big one. And we were like, oh, an earthquake. Oh, oh, it's still happening. And then it was like, we, it was like long enough for I think everyone to be like, we should be doing something at this point. Yeah. Because it's bigger than we felt in a long time and longer than we anticipated. So anyways, if you are interested in that, um, and, uh, because earthquakes just don't happen in California. There are big fault lines all over the world. And so if that happens to be yours... Shake Alert LA will probably not help you, but there's also Quake Feed, which is another app that's like based on your geographical location. But because we're in SoCal, and a lot of our listeners I know are, download that app because it's free, and you can also get text alerts and things like that. So might have to do um, that. Yeah. Anyways, so our episode today, episode forty-seven. What are we talking about? We are talking about summertime. Not summertime. Just, yeah. There's that. Um, <laughs> not just summertime, but typically vices that occur in summertime and things that we kind of fall into. And so um, we're talking about those vices, but also we're talking about different virtues to kind of combat that and ways that we can grow in the summer rather than um, fall into maybe um, repetitive sin or just... Things that you just don't want to do. You know what I mean? Summer loving better than lust. I knew lust. that song was going to come out when we started this episode. Summer loving heaven or bust. We did not write that no. prior to starting this episode. Just so you know. I'm leaving this podcast to begin my career as a cover improv- improvisational Catholic artist. <laughs> you need a better title. <laughs> No, I need a long business card so people could take me seriously. <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> some reasons why I think that these vices tend to occur, um, especially in the summertime, is because a lot of us will um, either have time off if you're in school or it's just kind of that season that everybody, it's like a mentality season. Yeah. You know what I mean? If you're a parent, like your kids are home at a different yeah. frequency. If you're in ministry like we are, like our calendars shift. And so, like, the, the habitual routine tends to change for most people, yes. even if you're in a normal 9-to-5 job, because it's normally 
serving or connected to the other part of the community who isn't year-round in their work. And so we're all kind of affected by that, I think. Yeah, and so some some different little small reasons maybe why boredom can kind of occur, especially if you're off school and you only have school to take up your time. Um, Laziness, exhaustion, um, fear of missing out, FOMO, man. FOMO is real. Um, Especially a lack of good community to help um, carry you and strengthen those virtues for you. Mm-hmm. Um, so today we're talking about three different virtues and three different vices. And so the virtues to combat the vices. Um, so the vices would be gluttony, sloth, and lust. And then ways that um, we're going to talk ways you can increase in virtues of temperance, hope, and love to kind of combat those three. And we've paired them up because they kind of, they don't complement each other because that's weird but they, they are just paired. oppose there you go. one another they don't complement they oppose yes yeah so why so, should we talk about why those particular three why we chose gluttony sloth and lust yeah it's probably pretty obvious but i think it's obvious but <laughs> it's okay so gluttony for one gluttony i feel like they're like easy couple ones to think about would be binge watching Netflix because mm-hmm. let's say you're off school or your kids are off school but they go to summer camp or you're a youth minister and life. Yeah. <laughs> so you sit and you watch 16 episodes of Veronica Mars because that's not what I did yesterday. That's on Netflix? Yeah. No, it's on Hulu. Oh, I'm not a Huluer. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, I lied to you all. It's on yeah. Hulu. I hula, but that doesn't result in... Can you actually? No. Okay. <laughs> um, or maybe you overconsume alcohol because you go to parties, and we should talk about that. And parties are more frequent, I think, in summertime, yes, too. Are. There's, like, you know, a lot of stuff going on. People going to, you know... Cabo. Cabo. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. Spring break. But summer break. Stop. <laughs> so nasty. Um, <laughs> so bad. Um, what else would be, like, overconsume? Overeating, you yeah. know, having too many nectar, cybols, because that's a thing. That was a very, this seems like you're just talking about your own life right now. <laughs> hey, you, you speak Dear through your diary. own experiences. <laughs> so, it's fine, okay? Um, sloth, because we tend to get kind of lazy over summertime. It's hot, no one wants to move, but, um, your spiritual life tends to kind of take a a dip because of laziness. Um, what other kinds of sloth, Matt? Um, I think, well, like when you look at the the seven deadly sins, like sloth being one of them, that's where we got these three. Mm-hmm. Um, the acedia or chadia, depending on how you pronounce oh, it, yes. being like that real spiritual laziness because yeah. maybe you're out of a routine, maybe you're connected to um, like a youth ministry church calendar and they're on break over summer or that you have a different schedule, you're traveling, you don't... You forget that you need to be going to Mass every week when you're in different countries or in different cities, um, visiting family, friends, um, indulging in all of the social things and activities that you miss maybe throughout the year. So that can result in a big kind of like spiritual, um, like um, laziness, you know, a spiritual Mm -hmm. sloth, which is really, or like a sense of hopelessness. Yes. um, You know. We'll talk about that. Yeah. So I think it would be a good time right now if you're listening to this podcast um, which you are because you're hearing what I'm saying, is that for you to think about those three, gluttony, um, sloth, and lust, and to think about what in my life, honestly, is probably the biggest one that I'm falling into in moments, especially moments of uh, idleness and moments of 
my routine changing or just this season of my life. Um, because you may listen to this, you know, when it's not summer, you may listen mm-hmm. to this, you know, um, a while from now, but these tend to be when our routine is broken or when something doesn't work out the way that we thought it would. And there's like kind of a shift in routine or time or our plans. We feel like these three kind of seem to rise to the surface. The, there are other things that you kind of have a response of, you know, like envy, pride, uh, greed, anger. That's That seems to be a very responsive to something that you're witnessing. But these other three, at least in my opinion, they tend to creep in in different ways and can result more in those other four. But they tend to creep in when we have these moments of kind of, you know, routine changing, seasons mm-hmm. changing, um, our schedule shifting, things not working out, or being in a new phase of life or in the midst of a transition. And mm-hmm. so take a moment right now just to like, to do a self check, you know, how am I, am I overindulging in things or being gluttonous in the things I'm consuming, not just food or drink, but you know, media or, um, a certain relationship or a certain habit or a certain, you know, something sloth. Am I really not doing the things that I'm supposed to be doing? Am I really just taking advantage of having this time to just overindulge in something that's really not benefiting me of mind, body, or soul? Um, or lust, am I really um, using this as an opportunity now to try and go out and have encounters with people or be more flirtatious or have a relationship because maybe I have more time. Because summer love. Yeah, or, you know, before when, you know, um, my significant other, we could only hang out for an hour and a half, you know, but now at summer's here, we have nights free and we're hanging out by ourselves a lot and there's more temptation, you know, so kind of do a self-check. Maybe it's all three, but maybe one is rising to the surface. Um, to really be keying into the virtue that we really want to to encourage you to pray for and start exercising. True that. Okay, so we've got three virtues to combat these. The first one is temperance. And the definition of temperance is um, the moral v- virtue that moderates the attraction of pre- pleasures, I can't speak, and provides balance in the use of creative goods. It ensures the will's mastery over instincts and keeps desires within the limits of what is honorable. So basically, it is what helps us control ourselves. Yeah, basically it's practicing moderation and self-restraint, yes. having discipline. Yes. Um, so with temperance, temperance directs us towards good. So it's it's not something that it's going to direct you, obviously, towards bad because God is good. Um, but it bridles in us the concupiscence or the piece of ourselves that is not ordered correctly. Um, And so that part of us tends to yearn or desire things that um, are not good for us. And so our desires are good in moderation um, and in the right place and time and order. Um, So temperance can be kind of your healthy discretion or awareness of what you are consuming, what you are taking in, and how you are um, living your life. And so in the Bible, oftentimes it's... um, referred to as moderation or sobriety. And so in, let's say, um, which Bible verse it is? The New Testament. Um, it says, we sought to live sober, upright. I'm sorry, not sought. We ought to live sober, upright, and godly lives in this world. And that was from Titus, I believe. Um, Titus. Yeah. And then, <laughs> sorry, I was like trying to remember. And then the other Bible verse that I liked for this one was, do not let your passions be your guide, but keep your desires in check. Because oftentimes our passions um, can tend to lead us astray. And passions, when it's talking about it in the Bible in this sense, is not like 
your good passions and your good desires of mm-hmm. goodness, but passions of maybe flesh or um, gluttony, because that's the vice that comes with this. Yeah. I mean, when you think of any sin, any vice, if you look at at what it is, inherently in the desire that that sin is seeking to meet, like we're seeking to kind of like, oh, I have a desire and I want this sin to, to meet it. Mm-hmm. Um, in that desire, there is something true, good, and beautiful yes. that's been distorted. Yeah. And so Jenny used that word distortion. And so when we come into the fire of like being tested in those different ways, are we going to shatter and you know crumble and just kind of fall for the soft alternative or the, the thing that we have to settle for? Or are we going to allow ourselves to be tempered? You know, like if you know what tempered glass is, like tempered glass is a type of glass that's treated through different chemicals and heat to become stronger. And so it's the same thing with us. Like we can temper our souls and our disciplines Mm -hmm. that when heat comes or when different um, opportunities come where we could choose virtue or vice, Mm -hmm. that we do the hard thing and we uh, allow ourselves to be tested in that way to choose virtue and we become stronger in our discipline. And so it's not necessarily about like, oh, I got to change what I want. I got to change my desire. It's no, we're changing how we respond to how the desire might be fulfilled. Mm -hmm. Because in every sin is something that is good, but has been disordered. There's yeah. some truth and beauty there that has been disordered. That's why sin means to miss the mark. It doesn't mean complete opposite or like, you know, complete lacking of all virtue. That's not what the word means. Mm-hmm. It means just like instead of hitting the bullseye, you're off a little bit. You know, you've been your target or your aim has become distorted slightly. And the more grave the sin, the more distorted and far away from the target you are. So the target is the virtue. Um, and so to be remembering that, you know, and that when we're like Jenna is talking about things where we practice moderation and self-restraint, all the things that we talk about, entertainment, Netflix, um, well, Netflix is kind of a trash bin now, but like, you know, uh, media, uh, music, yeah. movies, TV, Video food, um, going to a party, um, you know, um, a drink, all those different things are good in moderation, but if they come to a point where they harm our psychological, our social health, our physical health, our mental health, then we know we can look at natural law and say, like, our bodies were not created for this and to respond in such a way. And so this is a disordered act. This isn't who I was created to be. And I think that's a great way to <clears throat> kind of always do a self-assessment of saying, of saying, like, okay, is this going to better my body? Is this going to, you know, be good for my soul? Is this going to... Um, be good for my community because when you look at drinking or drugs or um, what else do we say? Netflix, um, video games, all of those things. Drugs, that's kind of like one of those things that you just don't do. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> but um, like having one drink with your friends is, is fine and it's, yeah. it's community. And um, if you're 21 or over. Yeah. In yeah the that's kind States. of like a should be no. Come on. <laughs> um, Playing video games for a little while, maybe for some people like Tony, my husband, he loves playing video games to relax. Like, mm-hmm. Overdoing it and playing it for four hours, probably not a good thing. Yeah. Fuck it for three hours. <laughs> um, but playing it for like 30 minutes is fine. Um, so always kind of thinking about looking through the that lens of is this going to be good for me and um, do I have control over it and not it over me Yeah, is a really important thing too. And it's really hard, especially in this time in this age, that because our, our world is really hell-bent on telling us that um, our passions and desires are the things that need to 
control us and we need to give in to them all the time. Um, we need to explore them. Yeah, we need to do all of that, which we, no, you don't. It's, we do not want those things to have control over us. We want to have control over them and constantly giving in to them like that is going to train yourself to just automatically respond in a poor way that is going to lead to sin. So um, temperance is really beautiful, and I think that it's something that we greatly lack in our society and just in our lives, Um, myself included. That's not something I'm very good at, at denying myself often. Um, And so we just need to work on it and ask the Holy Spirit to guide us. Simply put, it's kind of the ability to say no. Yeah. You know, and because of the FOMO culture that you mentioned that we live in, it's hard for people to say no. But if you can't say no, then your yes means nothing. Mm-hmm. And so if you have a hard time saying no to something, I would recommend to you the practice of fasting from one thing every single day. And you can pick that thing at the beginning of the day. Maybe you wake up in the morning and say, okay, what am I going to give up today? And don't cater it to your day to make it easy for you. Make a decision to say like, okay, today I'm going to fast from caffeine. Today, I'm going to fast from all media. Today, I'm going to fast from music in my car. And to offer that fast up, not only as a prayer for yourself for greater discipline, but maybe you have an intention or someone that you want to pray for, that that act of sacrifice is going to be offered as a prayer for that person. Um, Today, I'm going to fast from my alarm clock. And if you can't make those small decisions and be disciplined, it's going to be really hard to be disciplined when the big things come around and to have that virtue. Um, you know, yes, if it's a very heinous thing, you're like, oh yeah, I would never do that. But if bigger and bigger things start creeping in and you start making those smaller and smaller vice-based decisions, you're going to end up in a place one day that you're like, how did I even get here? And so try and exercise those small virtuous choices every single day of discipline by denying yourself, by fasting from something every day to allow your yes to have meaning again, if you find it difficult to say no. Um, because if it comes to that drink, that food item, that Netflix episode, and you can't say no, or you can't go one day without it, then you're addicted to it. And that is affecting your behavior. It's affecting your discipline and it's affecting your ability to live a virtuous temperate life. Mm-hmm. So actually, uh, Vener- venerable Fulton Sheen? He's soon to be blessed because right? he got a miracle attributed to him, but he hasn't been formally beatified. Okay. Yet. Yes. Cool. So he actually, um had that practical advice um, and and said that we should actually be doing three small things a day um, to practice this virtue, especially. Um, Just small scale, like you said, self-control things because they do make the big impact. And so that was something that he practiced um, actively and he um, shared with others that that's how he grew in temperance. And so, Venerable Fulton Sheen, pray for us. You know it. So not our saint for this episode, but no, he should have been. <laughs> um, our next virtue to combat cool. vice. Oh my gosh! <laughs> Sorry, we I'm in a singing buttons. mood today. We need buttons. Boing 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 boing. Yeah. Okay. Are you done? Yeah. Okay. Good. <laughs> so, we'll see what other buttons I press I this know. episode. There's a lot of them, I guess. Um, the next personal virtue. or sound effect <laughs> ones. <laughs> Next virtue, (laughs) Matthew, is hope, and it combats sloth. And so hope is the theological virtue by which we desire the kingdom of heaven and eternal life as our happiness, placing our trust in Christ's Christ's promises and relying not on our own strength, 
but on the help of the Holy Spirit. So hope basically is the response um, to our desire for happiness, and it keeps us moving forward. Um, Our society has kind of really lost this ability to hope because especially if we look at um, how heaven is portrayed in just media, uh, we see a white room and a choir of angels singing and maybe our dog. And like, that's the image we get. And Morgan Freeman. Yes, sorry, I forgot about him. He's always there. Um, Welcome to (laughs) heaven. You've been good, my really sad portrayal of heaven. It has been good to have you here. Yeah. See, that's what it feels like. Aren't you excited now? I welcome to heaven. I welcome to heaven. (laughs) He has perfect English too. Yeah. Um, That's how they speak in heaven. (laughs) I mean, we don't know. But that's kind of our idea of heaven. What hope is is that excitement and joy. and longing for heaven, and when we've been, we consume all of this um, imagery of like a false heaven, we're not going to be excited about it, and there's not going to be hope, and so we've mm-hmm. lost hope, and really our society has lost the ability to hope because we don't have a true, beautiful image of heaven and what that looks like in our minds. Not that we can actually have a full like idea, mm-hmm. you know, but there's still that longing. We've kind of lost that longing and that thrill um, and that sight of like the glory and the joy and the perfect happiness that really truly awaits us. Yeah, and I think if you struggle with sloth, like this probably doesn't, you probably don't kind of recognize like, oh, I'm not a hopeless person. But like, because we have an idea of hope as like, wishful thinking or like, you know, if you don't have hope, you're like in total despair. And that's not exactly what we mean. It's more of like, if you really uh, struggle with feeling like a sense of purpose or belonging, but you're in the midst of a routine and a schedule, it's easy to not feel the effect of that because you're still doing stuff. You're still getting your mind off of that. You're still seeing people and you still might struggle with that. But especially in seasons like summer where your whole schedule might change, it's very easy to fall into sloth which is really like a sense that like I'm I'm not going to make an effort or work at anything because I'm not anticipating any good to come. I'm just going to kind of do what I want and sit around. Whereas hope is the opposite of that in the sense that hope is recognizing and, and, and excitedly anticipating the opportunity to encounter God in every moment every day. And so mm-hmm. every day should be an opportunity to be excited and an opportunity to go encounter him and to go do things and see people and not just be transfixed to a screen or locked in a room all day. Um, and so like if you, if, if you struggle with sloth, um, if you, sorry, I dropped my pen. If you, it's really necessary for him to pick it up. It was. And to make that noise. Um, if you struggle with sloth or like feel like hopelessness in that sense, like there's no purpose, like I would really challenge your knowledge or your relationship with Jesus as a risen mm-hmm. because for the Christian that doesn't have hope is the Christian that doesn't know the risen Jesus. Mm-hmm. Like otherwise we just know hippie feel good Jesus who kind of comforts us and pats us on the back in times where we, you know, we have an experience, an emotional experience. But if we're not excitedly anticipating God's grace in every moment, every day, uh, in every potential conversation, we're not gonna do it perfectly. But if we don't have that sense of like, I'm going to encounter God today and I'm going to let him surprise me with his love today, then we're really easily allowing ourselves to fall into the trap of sloth. 
um, and, yeah. and acedia, that real um, spiritual sloth, that spiritual hopelessness, which is really what we mean when we talk about sloth. Sloth is not just laziness. Uh, because you can have moments of spiritual solitude and spiritual contemplation where you're just seemingly sitting and not doing much. But there's a different um, internal um, attitude to sloth and to solitude. And the internal attitude to sloth is really, there's nothing good to really anticipate. There's no reason to pursue anything higher or anything spiritual or really live for heaven because it's not really worth it. I don't see the benefit for me or I'd rather do this thing that just like results in my instant gratification or numbs my mind or helps me feel like at least for a second that I don't have to think about that I'm lonely or I'm depressed yeah. or I don't have a sense of purpose or belonging. Uh, and if you feel that way, like know in this moment, like God might be speaking this directly to you. Like God loves you in that place, even in that dark place. He's with you there. You're not alone. And there is a reason to hope each and every day, but we have to be willing to change our routine to seek what is above and not just expect what is above to fall in our lap. Because nothing good in life necessarily comes easy. Um, it takes effort and it takes discipline and sacrifice, kind of how we talked about intemperance. You have to be willing to deny yourself um, things each and every day. Um, and so maybe this results in, you know, every morning you give, you anoint your day to the Lord. You just say like, God, this is, I invite you into my day from the very moment, like the very first moment it starts, the very first moment I'm awake first word out of your mouth is Jesus or, you know, or God and not in a defamatory way, but like, God, I offer you this day. Um, and throughout that, throughout the day, um, pinpoint one thing that you're grateful for that you experienced that was good. That's not normal to your ordinary day. Mm -hmm. So not to say like, well, I'm grateful for my family. Well, your family's there for you every day, but how specifically today are you grateful? What conversation, what experience, what moment, what, um, you know, sunny landscape, what, um, you know, just, um, beautiful experience, what great, you know, vista of the ocean, what moment of rest, what great meal, you know, something that you're grateful for and to remember that maybe write it down or, um, you know, share it with somebody. And I think that will help perk your ears and your spirit toward a sense of hopefulness to anticipate those things every day and not to fall into the trap of sloth where you're just like, I'm not even expecting that those are going to happen in the first place. Yeah, and I think, Matt, you've mentioned it so many times that there's, you know, we fall into summer and oftentimes there's no routine that we've, like, our routine is out of order. Yeah. And so placing a, a routine back in your life of prayer. Um, and what I've been doing, actually, is um, journaling and just starting out with all the things I'm thankful for because when we do that, um, we start to recognize those beauties and those graces that God is placing in our life. Um St. Thomas Aquinas actually says that he defines sloth as um, sorrow about spiritual good. And so mm. recognizing that um, you're kind of being woe is you. And there's there's good there and there's good present, but you are just not looking for it. And maybe you've got blindfold like a blindfold on your eyes and you just need to ask the Holy Spirit to remove that so that you can clearly see um, the graces. But summer's hard because for a lot of people, it's a, it's a transition time. Um, for some people, like myself, we're moving. And so that transition and that unknown um, is really, really hard, and you tend to fall into that hopelessness. Um, maybe you are you just graduated from college, and you're transitioning, and you're in that time of like, what the heck am I going to do? And it doesn't seem like there's actually a job out there for me. And how do I do this? And you kind of become hopeless. Um, but God has a plan for your life. And there is 
goodness coming your way. Um, you just have to really wait and be patient and just hold on to hope. Um, yeah. Romans says, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing so that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. And I keep mentioning the Holy Spirit. Me and the Holy Spirit are becoming best friends right now. Um, <laughs> so I really, really urge you, if you are really struggling with sloth, really pray to the Holy Spirit to just set a fire in your heart um, and know that there is hope. Yeah, it's that old saying, idle hands are the devil's playground. Yeah. And so how do we invite non-idle moments into our summer space so by creating routine and how do we invite something opposing to the devil or greater than the devil saint michael is really the opposite of the devil because the god is greater than than everything and everyone um but how do we invite the presence of god and the divine into our life um more in a routine and Mm -hmm. so yeah yeah okay so our last our last virtue um our last virtue is love and so what is love here it is I just watched the episode of The Office where Andy sings that because the boombox fails for Michael. <laughs> That's good. Anyways. Anyways. So, with Summer, I feel like, first of all, a million, million movies have been made about summertime love. That, like, summertime is the time that love buds and you have all this time to just discover and find people and fall in love like die hard (laughs) i haven't seen that movie so take my word for it okay (laughs) you're lying to me um and then this also if if you follow emily wilson it's funny she talks about snakes um, and how summertime, oftentimes, like, you come home, and all of a sudden, you have, like, three messages in your inbox about guys that are like, hey, want to hang out? And they're, like, oh, summertime yeah. snakes. Um, because everybody's kind of looking for something to do, and then it's summertime. So, obviously, there has to be some kind of romantic yeah. encounter. Maybe it's not even romantic. Maybe it's just, like, a fun Don't let them thingy. snakes slither into them DMs, don't, ladies. Don't do that. Don't do that. And vice versa. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Seriously, though. Um, so, oftentimes, the vice that we fall into is lust because there's a lot of different things going on. So... It's summer and it's hot and clothes tend to disappear in summertime. Also, you just want to be romantic with somebody. And so lust definitely comes and creeps in as a sin. Which doesn't make sense because summer's so hot. You would think winter would be the time to really want to cuddle or do something like that. Because yeah, I'm you, so sweaty. I, like, I don't even want to be around wanna, people. Yeah, no. But I don't know. But, yeah, anyways. So... I saw a really funny meme of a couple laying in bed and being like, I miss you, because they're like five feet apart and they're sweating. <laughs> like, I miss you too. All right, let's go to sleep. Summer All right, night. And they're just like <laughs> touching one another's fingers because they're too far away. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> summertime heat. Um, but we want, we oftentimes want our lives to be like that romance movie. And then we fall into temptations of, well, I have all of this time. We can have a 12-hour date and we can go and... This is, I'm speaking from life experience again, dang it. Not for lust, but just for dating. Anyways, so we have open nights. We have. <laughs> Dear diary. <laughs> oh, Matt, take over just for a hot second here. Hot like... second. <laughs> you know, not everyone can have a diehard type of romance, you know? Not everyone. No. 
I'm currently fanning myself because now I'm hot. <laughs> but I think the moral is be a spiritual mongoose because mongooses kill snakes. Oh, is that? Okay. And <laughs> that was the image in my head the whole time you were talking. Okay. So, but I mean, That's when we look at lust, what it is, it's really utilitarian. It's looking for pleasure. Yes. And summertime when people are wearing bikinis and bathing suits that all mimic underwear for the most part. Um, you know, that when we're not exercising modesty, both genders, like both genders swimwear mimic the underwear that they wear. And, you know, you're just showing basically your whole pretty much almost naked body to another person. Um, we have to be conscious of the fact that that might arise in other people if we're not surrounding ourselves with really virtuous people, sexual imagery, and that might arouse in them also an opportunity to try and realize that. And we may be, be, you know, subconsciously falling into the same trap or actively pursuing it. Um, And so to recognize that and to kind of allow yourself to be with virtuous people, um, to have good, wholesome relationships and people that hold you accountable to them. Because um, really, if we're looking to use another person Mm -hmm. um, for pleasure, what we're really looking for is connection Mm -hmm. and looking for um, some kind of joy out of our relationships. But we're disordering it. Like I said, we're missing the mark. And so a lot of times it might be that we don't feel like we have authentic community or we don't feel like we're being affirmed or loved in the way that we desire to be loved by God or by the people who are close to us. Or maybe we're not letting people in close to us. And so we resort to the easier, physical, more um, quickly felt version of that. And we distort it into something that we pursue in the form of lust. And so if you struggle with that, if you really, um, you know, maybe you're, a Catholic or a Christian listening to this who's really trying to live virtuously, but you still have Tinder on your phone or Bumble or Grinder or whatever. I don't know what all those things do. Or even like Catholic Match, and that's just becoming like a um, a late night haven for you. Have you, you been know? on Catholic Match? Um, no, I haven't. Okay. Keep going. Just keep going. Okay. <laughs> I haven't. I won. I'm married. Um, well, so. I have, never mind. Never mind. Uh, I haven't myself. Have not been on Catholic Dear Diary. <laughs> I have not been on Catholic Match. <laughs> been on Catholic Match again. <laughs> okay, so one of the things <laughs> that we really should talk about, because we've kind of mentioned clothes, and oftentimes this is like the thing we go to, but modesty is something that we really need to talk about in summertime, not specifically clothing-wise, like how to dress, but just modesty of behavior, how you're living, um, mm. and how you're speaking. Because summertime, we tend to let loose and we kind of go crazy. And so it's also hot. So yes, modesty in what you wear and making sure that you're respecting the body that God gave you and adorning it um, the right way and not just skimping around. Um, Yeah, modesty is not our responsibility to the opposite sex. It's our responsibility to to ourselves. ourselves. Modesty by definition is... I am presenting myself or encouraging in some way me to be perceived as presenting myself without the inherent dignity of being a child of God who's created in his image and likeness, who deserves respect, love, and affirmation in that way, in a wholesome way. Uh, And so that can be in the way we present ourselves in the language that we use or the things that we consume or the things that we promote or the way that we dress or, you know, the way that we exercise relationship or things like that. Mm -hmm. So it's not just limited to that and it's not something we have to do so other people won't be tempted. It's something that we, we should do as Christians because we deserve to not be looked at as body parts or to not be looked at as inappropriate actions or to not be looked at as something to be used or taken advantage of, but to be looked at as a child of God worthy of honor, beauty, love, and respect. Yeah. 
And something that I learned today, which I hadn't really ever thought about, was modesty is the basis of humility. And so if you're seeking humility, you're going Mm. to have modesty. Like those things, those two things go together. Um, I mean, look at Instagram. Like I see people on Instagram all the time who aren't not dressing modestly. And it's obviously (laughs) posting it in such a way that's almost promoting. Like if you look at where the center of the image is, it's not the face. Like let me tell you that. You know, your eye is automatically being drawn to a certain place. And because social media is a lot about pride, um, then that tends to be, you know, and I'm not talking just about women or just, you know, just about men. Like, you know, I've seen so many pictures where right in the center is either the chest line of a lady with low cleavage or the abs of a guy Mm -hmm. out in summertime, Mm -hmm. you know, and just like look at my body and like putting this out there. And why are we putting it out there? Usually for self-affirmation or for pride because we feel like inadequate in some other way and we want attention or we feel alone in some way and we have this asset that we want to try and use. Maybe we're not actively admitting that to ourselves consciously, but really like be honest with yourself. Like what is the point of posting something like that otherwise? Yeah. And I think that with modesty and humility, this goes along with even having, you know, your relationships, um, and how you speak and how you live out that because you're not going to raise yourself up and glorify yourself when you're humble. You're going to acknowledge that God has given you gifts and things that are good, but you are going to act humbly. And I think sometimes when, especially when we're meeting new people, we really want to impress somebody and make a good impression. And oftentimes that means talking a lot about yourself and like, oh, look at me and look what I do. And this is so cool. And la 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 rather than being, you know, um, most words hard <laughs> being humble and asking them about themselves and really mm. talking and learning about who they are rather than trying to lift yourself up and carry yourself and impress them but really trying to get to know somebody and who they are as a child of God too. So yeah. um so like for example Go ahead. I'm talking about my own humility. No, oh, <laughs> but dear. like, but this is just the example that came to mind. It's like recently, a lot of you know who've been listening, I've lost 60 pounds. Mm-hmm. And so um, I have before and after pictures and yet none of those are of me without my shirt on. And most of them are not me from the neck down, even though I have lines on my stomach now that weren't sharpied in, you know, all like, right. um, you know, not all the lines that maybe I want to have, but they're there, you know, but I don't need to show those off because I've seen how successful that's been. And if you looked at anything that I posted about it, it's been in a way to encourage other people to be healthier. You know, it's not about pay attention to this great thing that I did. I'm just so overjoyed that there's something out there that could get me healthier because I did it for my own health reasons for cholesterol and and blood pressure and stuff like that. So I can be around long term for my daughter and for my wife and my family, you know. So um, not to toot my own horn, but I think like that's a good way of approaching stuff like that. Because some people say like, oh, but I'm proud of my body and I want to celebrate it. It's like, okay, let's celebrate your body in a healthy way that promotes good use of mind, body and soul with other people and doesn't really risk you being treated in an undignified way, being sought to be used or being treated as an object because you don't deserve that. And you can celebrate the body and health and good living without showing all of it. You know, that's, you know, what Pope John Paul II would say about pornography. It's that pornography doesn't show too much. It shows too little because you're only seeing the person as object and as skin to be used and to be um, sought for your own pleasure and satisfaction and instant gratification rather than the dignity of the child of God that exists in the soul of that person. Yeah. Yep. So 
I don't really have anything else. Except that the Catechism of the Catholic Church, last quote, says the struggle against lust involves purifying the heart and practicing temperance. And so all of these things... There we go. I I knew something was coming. Uh, He gets this look on his face, and then he closes his eyes. (laughs) All these things are tied together. Uh Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Especially... Um, Purify my heart. That's why I'm not talking to anyone <laughs> <Sorry. laughs> anymore. <laughs> All right. Trying to quiet myself and my soul, not scream. I hope uh, no one was listening to that in their car and swerved as a result. May <laughs> <laughs> St. Saint Christopher bless and pray for and guide you on your journey. <laughs> Anyways, just that all of these things are tied together. And when you practice one, you um, tend to practice yeah. the rest. So virtue built kind upon of virtue. Like, Build upon one another. So They're like spiritual Legos. Summer is good and it's beautiful and it's hot, which is not beautiful. But there are a lot of things that you can do to help yourself grow in these virtues and be holy people because that is what we're doing. We're seeking holiness and goodness yes. and a good relationship with our Lord above all else. Right, Matt? That's it. That's the lesson. Be a spiritual mongoose made out of virtuous Legos. What is a mongoose? And you will have love. Is that one of those birds that like, like stab snakes? Die hard. You know what a mongoose is? It's like a ferret that kills snakes. Oh, it's a ferret. It's ferret-esque. It sounds like a goose. I think it's a marsupial. Well, that's because goose is in it. Exactly. It's a Jamaican goose. Mongoose. <laughs> Anyways, who's our saint? Off the cuff. Dad jokes. Our saint is Saint Gemma, actually pronounced Saint Gemma. <laughs> she was born Gemma Galgani. Gemma. Um, our girl Gemma was born March twelfth on the twelfth of March. I was gonna say the Ides of March, but that's not March twelfth on the twelfth of March. Yes. Now we know what day she was born. In the year of eighteen seventy eight, in Italy, in the Tuscany region Ooh. and the Lucha province. So for all of you listening from there, you can be like, "That's my home." Feast day. Her feast day is April eleventh. Um, and that was the day she died in 1903. So she died at around math, uh, 25 years old. Oh, wow. Um, she's a patron saint of students and against temptation, particularly why we chose her, because a lot of students are off over summer, and she's against temptation. She's also the patron saint of pharmacists, pharmacists, pharmacists. It's not like people protesting farmers. Um, and against the death of parents and against tuberculosis. She has a very wide array of patronages. And she's nicknamed the Daughter of the Passion because of her um, devotion to the Passion. And she was wanted to be a Passionist sister. Um, so she was a mystic. She saw visions and she experienced a lot of mystical moments of ecstasy and prayer, even from a young age. So I think St. Teresa of Avila, wow. uh, people like that. Um, and, but she lived just in the last 150 years. Um, throughout her life, um, she battled chronic illness that prevented her from becoming a sister. Uh, but she always wanted to stay strong in her faith, diligent in her prayer, Um, despite experiencing a lot of adversity from that. She wanted, as I said, to become a passionist sister, and now she's ironically associated with that devotion, even though that never came to fruition in her life. Um, She received the stigmata, the wounds of Christ, during her lifetime, and she was even believed to have experienced levitation during some of her moments of ecstasy and prayer. Um, She got a lot of mockery and criticism from those close to her and from the church because of those things. Like, a lot of people tend to be defensive about that and not believe it at first under the 
um, risk that it might be a hoax. Mm -hmm. Um, but then people started examining her actions and her life more closely and they found out like, Oh, this girl is legit. And so, um, she struggled with health for pretty much her whole life and, um, died as a result of that, um, at a very young age in 1903. Um, so just after turning uh, 25, it looks like. So um, she's a good person to pray for us, to pray for you if you feel like you're struggling with temptation, especially um, in this season of summer. So St. Gemma, pray for us. Um, other saints that were mentioned, venerable, um, soon to be blessed, Archbishop Fulton Sheen, St. Thomas Aquinas, St. Thomas Aquinas, Pope John Paul II, mm-hmm. and our patron saint of this podcast, St. Charles Borromeo. All pray for us so that we may exercise virtue this summer or in whatever season of life you're in, especially against uh, the vices of gluttony, sloth, and lust. And if you want to find out more about how um, we've talked about in previous episodes about those particular vices and exercising those exact opposite virtues, um, go listen to episode 22 on gluttony and temperance, 23 on sloth and hope, and 25 on lust and love. And there, we expanded a little bit more and we also t- incorporate the gifts of the Holy Spirit. We have seven episodes from 19 to 25, all about all seven of the deadly sins and all of the seven virtues and That's seven gifts lot. of the Holy Spirit. Yeah, did we did that. that a while back. So um, yeah, go listen to those. And all those different saints that we talk about, St. Michael, St. Paul, St. Francis of Assisi, St. Augustine, St. Pierre Giorgio Frassati, St. Peter, St. Joan of Arc, and St. Maria Goretti. A lot of good Italian saints in there and others. So, a lot of saints praying for us and hopefully praying for you on our journey to um, live encouraging and inspiring lives, um, seeking Jesus Christ and living out our Catholic faith. So, any final closing thoughts, Jenna? You're all really cool. That's all. Be dope. Be spiritual mongooses. <laughs> and you will have love like Die Hard. That's our new thing. That's our new motto. Guys, Until next time, bye. we're praying for you. And we will see you in the Eucharist. Bye. Bye. bye.